listening to She Rises, a podcast dedicated to women who are ready to stop settling and start living their lives by design. If you're ready to talk about the stuff that weighs you down and get practical advice on everything from your health, body image, spirituality, relationships, and personal growth, then you're in the right place. Hello, I'm Giovanna Capoza, your host, master coach, spiritual teacher, and mind-body expert, and I'm on a mission to unsettle women all over the world. Are you ready to rise? Hello and welcome to the show. I am your host, Giovanna Capoza, and I'm here today with a very special guest, Satyan Raja. Let me tell you a little bit about Satyan. Satyan is the founder and president of Warrior Sage, which is a living synthesis of Eastern wisdom and Western practicality, combining the power of the warrior and the wisdom of the sage. He is a lifetime black belt martial artist and a penetrating real visionary who compels his clients to harness their greatest obstacles and transform them into their most powerful gifts. He draws from the realms of unparalleled techniques in life mastery, his profound life experience, and his natural ability to navigate beyond social, cultural, and conditioned identities to attain peak consciousness. A master in a plethora of healing and consciousness-raising modalities, Satyan is unique in the world of business and life coaching. His revolutionary methods attract CEOs, entrepreneurs, and high-level leaders from around the world. His provocative methods, combined with his dynamic personality and passion for accelerated evolution, create fundamental breakthroughs for both the individual and corporate culture. For all of those who have had the great pleasure, and I have, of his presence and his personal company, he is known to be a man who most definitely walks his talk. And Satyan, I can definitely attest to that, having sat across from you and, and, and also spoken to you on Skype before. You do. You walk your talk. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you. I'm honored to, to be here. I'm looking forward to connecting and sharing love. Yeah. I really, I really, I really dig who you are. <laughs> Aw, thank you. Thank you. It's always good to have mutual love. I love that. A fellow Canadian, right? That's right. Yeah. Now living in near Vancouver, but you're originally from from the Toronto area, if I remember correctly, right? That's correct. I lived okay. there most of my life and then uh, now in the beautiful British Columbia. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, so we, sh- we share that in common along with obviously our, our passion for consciousness and especially conscious leadership. So I have like so many questions I want to talk to or I want to ask you and talk to you about so many things. But I, I want to start off, I want to give the audience a little bit of a taste of you beyond, you know, the bio that I just read. A lifetime black belt martial artist. I was joking with you before I started the recording that I feel like you're your Kung Fu, the legend continues and then it continues again. You know, I'm probably aging myself for some people that are listening, but it's reference back to the old show with David Kerrigan or Carradine, I think. I'm pronouncing that wrong. That's right. David Carradine. <laughs> Carradine, that's right. That was my inspiration to get involved in martial arts. Awesome. And Let's jump in there. I want to hear about your history as a, in, in, in that. Well, I was a boy growing up with my parents, traditional Indian Hindu parents, a business-oriented entrepreneurs. And I saw that show as a kid and it just really moved me. I I felt like the world I was in wasn't real. And I felt that world of this temple, spiritual temple, self-mastery environment was my real home. And so I went to my parents and asked them to help me find a place. And they thought I was strange and funny watching a show. But then I pursued it 
And I was very fortunate to find a school and a teacher and a philosophy which really exemplified these warrior sage principles, which I've uh, made as sort of as a cornerstone of my life, as a backbone of my life, of, of which I aim to try to live out of. And you actually studied with Shaolin monks, if I remember correctly from our conversation many moons ago. Is that, is that correct? My master was a Shaolin Kung Fu master, and, but he was beyond just the physical idea of martial artist. He was actually awakened in very powerful ways. And also in the company of our whole martial arts school, I was really influenced and touched by very high-level, ethical, integral um, warriors, ones who were living higher virtues and we're just saying them, but we're actually living them and demonstrating them. So I was very fortunate to have these imprints early on in my life. You know. Yeah, that's it's totally amazing. I remember when we first met, I guess it was June of last year, and just being completely fascinated with your your training, you know, physically and, and mentally, and just how you bring that into how you mentor and train and, and, and speak to people now. So tell us a little bit about that. So tell us, uh, you know, these, these hum humble beginnings with this TV show influence. And obviously you got, I mean, I don't even, how does one become a lifetime black belt martial artist? Like, how does that even happen? Well, I, you know, I, I started off as a beginner when I was 12 and I just worked my way up and became an apprentice instructor. And then my mentors kept seeing parts of myself that I couldn't see in myself and helped me nudge me beyond my own smallness every step of the way. When I didn't believe, they said, just go ahead and do this. When they were, they gave me opportunities to lead, of which I was very scared to lead, but in my school, you just had to do it. <laughs> so I was put into leadership roles and I grew into it. And I was shown that I, that I could attain physical, mental, emotional, spiritual development beyond my own capacity. And so they were wonderful guides and mentors in that. And then eventually I became black belt or black sash, as we would more formally call it in Kung Fu. That was after many, at least 20 years of study and full-time devotion to that and learning not only the martial aspect, but also the psychological aspects, the leadership aspects, how to grow my business, how to grow uh, an organization that was integral that had meaning in the world, that was uplifting humanity, not just serving myself as an owner, as a principal. So it was, um, it has been and continues to be a journey of learning to master the self, but also making myself a gift, a greater gift to serve others. And to me, that's the really the only fulfilling true way, absolute way that I find fulfillment is when I'm making a difference. And that difference is not only serving myself, but creating a ripple in larger ways. Mm, it sounds like a real holistic sort of approach. Like I heard you mention it was, you know, your business was, was being affected in, in great ways in your life. And it sounds like a real holistic approach to bring all of those skills forward, which I know you do that now with your, with your clients and in your trainings as well. Well, you know, in this warrior sage tradition, and there's many warrior sage traditions that have influenced me. Shaolin Kung Fu is one of them, but currently it's Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which has great effectiveness, uh, is proven in the streets, proven in the ring, and is demanding more of me now, 30 years into martial arts, than I've ever <laughs> been demanded of more. So I'm at the beginner level. I would consider just beyond intermediate, which is what we call a blue belt. I'm a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And what I've come to realize is, you know, there is no real attainment. There's only evolution. And we can 
take evolution on consciously, physically. You know, my mentors taught me that if I can grow in one area, I may grow strong physically or in my business, or I may do really well with money creation, but my, my family could be suffering because I'm 90% of my energy is out there and I may not be feeding and nourishing other ideals, other values in my, in my heart, my soul. So the path of this warrior sage, which is close to my heart, is a, is a path of equilibrium. It means having serenity mentally and emotionally so that I'm not in a state of struggle. You know, when I'm training leaders, the number one thing I'm dealing with is struggle, overwhelm, tension in relationships, tension. Uh, there's always some type of brooding fear to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some, some trying not to go back to a loss that we had in the past. And I'm so happy you're bringing this up because, uh, you know, as you know, the show is called She Rises. It's mainly dedicated to women, although we have some, you know, men in the audience, I'm sure. And all of those things that you mentioned that you see with leaders, you know, the overwhelm and the stress and, and the things that you mentioned, of course you know, apply to across the board with many people. And, you know, given that the show is dedicated to women, I wonder if you could speak specifically to what you've noticed in terms of the, maybe the differences with women in leadership versus the men in leadership. Because I know you do a lot of work with your wife as well with this work with men and women. And we're going to go there next. I'm getting ahead of myself because I, I want to talk about sex soon. We're going to talk about that next. But well, um, you, Women leaders, you, you know, this world is highly masculine. And I'm going to use these terms masculine and feminine in very specific ways because those words have a lot of charge. So please excuse me if my communication is not as inclusive as it could be. But masculine, from the perspective that I'm looking at, represents the witness consciousness within us. The part that is standing above and outside of life and then making decisions from that space. Should I take door A, direction B, direction C? And it's very penetrative. It can be penetrative uh, energy. It could be very forwarding and goal-oriented. And the whole business world, 95% of the business world is based on masculine, go get them, make a crush, make a killing, crush it, uh, conquer enemies. Even the the languaging around a lot of masculine ideals in business are, are war-oriented, even the languaging. Yeah, so, and this is irrespective, I just want to throw in, of like this isn't a gender thing when we talk about masculine. We're talking about the energy, masculine energy, correct? Exactly, and we all have it within us, whether we're yeah. men or women, regardless of our sexual preferences and our sexual styles. That's even altogether different. And then the feminine within us all, regardless of whether we're men or women or our sexual styling, the feminine energetic in this context within us all is the life force of within us, the life force of the universe, the life force of the cosmos, what the uh, Chinese would say, the yin of the universe, the mother nature, Gaia, earth centric uh, energy within us, the flavors, the taste, the colors of life. And They go together, direction and surrender, presence and invitation. Presence is masculine, invitation is feminine. Uh, Claim, claiming, this is me, this is who I am, these are my boundaries, this is what I'm going for, this is what I wish to attain, achieve my goals. That's the masculine energy within us. The feminine energy within us is surrender, is the feeling of, you know, I'm going to allow it to come to me. I'm going to open and receive and not push reality. I'm going to invite my highest goals, my highest realities. I'm going to invite it into my being. I'm going to surrender and enjoy uh, the juice of life. Mm. 
Right. So the it, immediate question that comes to my mind as, you know, uh, I consider myself a woman in leadership and a lot of the people I mentor and speak to are in leadership roles and positions. What I find ha- happens with women who are in, in leadership it, it, because of exactly what you just said, we go too much, I guess, into that masculine energy and we don't have enough of that I guess, yin and yang or that, that balanced dynamic. And I often see a lot of women, and I include myself in this, suffering from exhaustion, uh, physical breakdown, sometimes relationship breakdown as a function of, of operating in this world. So can you speak to that a little bit about this? Well, well, for many years, thousand years, if not more, the masculine ideal of going forward and pushing and striving and achievement. And it was only in the 60s that the, the feminine movements really started and took a hold and really grew strong, right? And so the feminine movement, women were suppressed. Many, most women were suppressed. They weren't, and still in the world, it's going on in, in huge ways. But the suppression of not being able to have their own direction. In other words, atrophying, one's direction is atrophying and killing your masculine energy. So 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and currently, a lot of women who have had their direction, their ability to choose, their earning, their capacity, how much, what type of work they want to have, they're reclaiming, reclaiming this energy, which is healthy, healthy for women as a whole. Unfortunately, the backlash, the dark side of that is because you have to go from one extreme of no empowerment, now going into full empowerment. The ideal is, is let's become just as successful as this masculine ideal. And unfortunately, that's what burns not only women out, will burn out men out, burn everyone out. This world, the business world, the attainment world, the achievement world is excessively too goal oriented and crush it oriented. You can, uh, um, for the sake of our well-being and the nature of our long-term sustained societal well-being, let alone our own health. So we all have to nourish the feminine within us, whether we're men or women, whether we're masculine or feminine. We all need more feminine replenishment, which means inviting health into our lives, inviting surrender, smelling the roses, inviting flow state, uh, expressing our own inner nature more, not just conforming and, and measuring ourselves up against other people's success and seeing how can I be successful as them, how can I match them? And it's about really coming home to our true innate wisdom, bodily wisdom, our bodily love for ourselves, love for our environment, love for our children, love for our presence, our future. This feminine replenishment, when we bring that, trust me, the wealth we can attain is far greater than the two-dimensional wealth that we've been promised. I love that. I just, I wrote down the word replenishment because it sounds so yummy, and, and so I think what's needed, uh, replenishment of our souls, replenishment of our energy, you know, you talked about health and surrender and vitality. And if you, if we could speak a little bit about that, like, let's dive into that a bit more, because I think if we can give some people some like practical tools, like how does one replenish? How does one bring this, invite this, you know, surrender and flow state into their their business, for example. Well, the first state place is to take a look at where there's charge, where there's a lot of emotional tension in your being, in your body, to take a moment to scan through your body, your face, your throat, your chest, your solar plexus, your 
belly, your genitals, your ass, really. Where is there tension in your body? And then feeling that tension is one thing. But, you know, there's many ways to look to reduce tension, massage, breathing techniques and, and visualization techniques. But I tend to find them superficial because they don't deal with the core. The core of why we have this tension and worked upness from this warrior sage philosophy is because we are infusing something with far more importance than what it really deserves. And when it's not going our way, subconsciously we're creating tension and fighting it, and that tension builds and builds and builds, and then eventually becomes pain, suffering, lashing out, emotional ups and downs, uh, long-term fatigue, long-term uh, sense of struggle and not being able to escape. But it all starts at the core of feeling into what have I given far too much importance to that is causing me to, to tense, to tighten my breath, and then to relax, to release that control. That's the first place is to loosen up the control, um, the addiction to control that is causing this subtle tension in breath and body and being. And the way to do that is to go, you know what? It's not so important. It's to surrendering these unconscious and sometimes very overt things that we do find importance on and recognizing that's just a folly. It's not real. And paradoxically, what's beautiful, what happens is, is when that control can be released a little, when you realize things aren't as important as you think, give it a week, I don't need to do it tomorrow. If it's done in a week, let me go away for the weekend. Let me take, let me just complete early today. Let me take a few deep breaths and be with my lover, be with my children, be with life, be with, be with um, the swimming pool, go in the hot tub, whatever it takes to plug out of the matrix and back into Gaia, Mother Earth, whatever that is for you. When you do that, paradoxically, what happens is a new form of abundance replaces the neurotic seeking of fullness from things outside of yourself. Mm, oh my God, I love that. The neurotic seeking of fullness from things outside of yourself. That's exactly what we're caught up in doing, right? We don't we don't actually schedule time to recoup and regenerate. And I loved what you said about re releasing the control. Like I, I, I call it sort of approaching, you know, life and, and even struggles or challenges with, with an open palm instead of a closed fist, right? Just lightly holding it as opposed to, I got to figure this out. I, I got to solve this issue. And uh, God knows I've gotten caught up in that <laughs> myself, but there's a difference. I, I feel it within myself and my own spiritual practice and in my own, uh, you know, different practices around consciousness between holding something loosely versus tightly gripping and trying to, you know, being so attached to the outcome. Because really, really, we I don't have control. Visual. I love that visual, you know, what you just said. You know, it reminds me of um, what my grandmother, Suzanne, my wife's grandmother shared with me for many years. And she said, if you need to pick up some sand from the beach or water and bring it somewhere, let's say sand from the beach and you need to bring it to your car for something to show your kid or whatever, how tightly would you hold that sand? If you hold it too tight and squeeze it too tight, the sand squeezes between. Mm. And if you hold it too loose, it falls through them. That's a great analogy. That is, yeah, exa it's exactly to the point. Yeah, of just holding, holding something lightly with an open palm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So me that's the way to raise my children. If I find myself getting too tight, too controlling, forcing, then I got to just open. But if I open too far, I don't want my kids to slip between my fingers 
and not feel loved and appreciated and have the presence of myself there by just letting them do whatever they want. So it's like that is the artistry of this of the warrior sage within us. The warrior within us, whether we're male or female, is the one that is connected to our heart and knows that we've got a, a vision, a purpose, a mission that's perhaps bigger than what we're currently living or that we are living it, but we're adding too much units of struggle to it. You know, we're not attaining it and taking the path of least resistance. And right. And the sage within us is the one that can breathe from wisdom, from surrender, from true heart expression without losing power. It's not either or. It's really the union of these beautiful aspects within ourselves. Mm, yeah, well said, the union. I want to I wanna go back to, uh, you know, I don't even know if you notice differences. I'm sure there are, but because you mentor a lot of leaders, world leaders even. And do you notice a difference between female or women leaders and, and male leaders in terms of their energy or their approach or the, the things that plague them, you know, the, the struggles or the challenges? Yes, yes there, there, are, there are differences. Most of the female leaders that my wife and I have had the privilege to work with, they have more of a feminine essence. 70% or more of them have had more of a feminine essence. And about 70% of the men we work with have more of a masculine essence. Um, these are just general sweeping, you know. Um, and when you say essence, are you referring to their, like, the energy the, that yes. they embody? Yes, their right. core natural resting place. Right. So right. in other words, you know, the female leader, leaders that we've worked with, they need even more feminine replenishment. And when they're, it's much easier for them to go out of balance when they don't feel their family is being served, when they feel disconnected from the flow of love, they're not, they're feel, it's even more detrimental and comes up faster and stronger with more uh, tension and sometimes physical ailments show up faster when there's a lack of feeling of, of love in the family, love in their body, that they are being loved, that they get to share love and connection. Um, they could be doing, they could be doing kick-ass in business. The numbers could be soaring, but if, if their relationship with their beloved or they're lonely and they're feeling that they wish to have a partner that they can evolve with in a, in a fun, ecstatic, sexy way, and somehow they're not getting that fulfilled, then the symptoms can be trying to push excessively even harder in the masculine dimension to somehow to cover compensate. up, to compensate for the, the heartfulness uh, the feeling of starving in the heart, you know? Mm, oh my God. I can feel that as you're saying it, you know, the feeling of starving in the heart, because as, uh, you know, a woman and especially a woman that let's say is, is more, like you said, uh, predominant towards having the female or sorry, feminine energy or essence within her as women, we, one of our highest values is love and connection. And so I can, I definitely see how we can, if we're not getting that, you know, we're overcompensate, keep ourselves busy, keep ourselves striving, keep ourselves achieving. And yet I, I time and time again, see it with my clients as well. Like it shows up physically much faster than the male counterparts. So yeah, that's great. You, you know, the subconscious fear is, is that if I focus on relationship and, and cultivating love and bringing this type of, which would, there's no linearity to that. You can have a dinner and have your friends over or your family or you don't know what the outcome is going to be. Whereas you can predict outcomes. If I dial this up, up level this dial in the business, you know, it'll have some effect, but relationship is a great unknown. And so sometimes our fear is that if I focus on relationship, my business may be a detriment. I have never had that fear. <laughs> I say sarcastically. <laughs> 
you know, a lot of men have that fear and that's why they push even harder in business and delay the feeling of one day when I've attained X amount of success, whatever that is to the individual, then I'll be finally free. And that is the masculine illusion. And the feminine illusion is one day when, when I have this type of love, when I have the love I really want and the flow of love is happening in the world, then I'll be actually truly happy. And those two are illusions that we carry within ourselves that I try to bust on this path when I'm coaching and I'm guiding because it's only from the love that we actually have now, the love that is already fulfilled within us, that we can expand love, not from incessantly seeking it from anything or anyone. And this is, a, this is where the warrior sage discipline comes in and, and the gentle self-loving reminder that I am love and from the love that I am, how can I ex- what can I express today? In other words, when you want what you already have, you'll start getting even more of what you already of what you want. Mm-hmm. Well said, well said. So, okay, so you see these, uh, going back to these differences, you see these women in leadership are, what I heard you say is that they're experiencing their, their lack of, let's say, connection or fulfillment in love more rapidly on a physical level. What, what other differences do you notice between women in leadership versus men? Hmm. What I noticed is, you know, it's like those who have more of a masculine energy have more of a tendency to get triggered when they feel that they're not, when their freedom is being impinged, suppressed. They get really stressed out when things are coming in. They don't see a way out or they're trying to force a way out of some struggle they're by pushing or fighting back or by getting on the offensive or going in pure warrior attack mode. Um, that tends to be um, a propensity or the opposite, giving up, just dropping everything, surrendering, but not from spiritual surrender, not from emotional awakened and and mature surrender more from a pouting type of surrender giving up and feeling defeated and then going through this drama of freedom over and over again you know breaking to try to be free and then getting some freedom in their life and then having it all fall apart again it's like a back and forth teeter-totter of freedom that that's an unconscious pattern that the masculine has until they start having deeper levels of self-realization that they are greater than this uh, illusionary game of defeat and gain. This, that's an that's a unconscious polarity that is being played out, defeat and victory. And when, it's only when, the, when someone self, you know, enlightens them through integrating those polarities that they transcend that crazy game in life. This is so fascinating for me. So fascinating, like A, because of my own personal life and, and experiences and things, choices I've made and things I've lived through. And also, of course, with, with the women that I work with predominantly. But this is amazing that you just said that point of like this battle for freedom, because I've seen it in my history, you know, with being raised very much like go to school, get an education, you know, get a good job, do well. And basically, you know, four girls raised by a man, right? So my dad was like, the amount of money you have in the bank and the amount of like material external success measures your success and and your worth, right? Not that he literally said those words, but that's what was implied. And so that's very like almost masculine. And so I grow up with this 
And I, with this, and also with this need for freedom and exploration, and I'm sure part of that is because I'm a seven Enneagram, and having that battle and then doing what a lot of women do is getting in relationships because of my deep desire for love and connection, completely losing myself in that, right? And then going to the other polarity of like, nope, not doing that, striving, achieving, go for the freedom, go for the external, like the the financial goals or whatever it is. And this teeter-totter, like you said, of back and forth um, is is what I used to do in, in my very early and not, not that long ago days. And it's so fascinating to hear you talk about it and reflect it from the position of the masculine and feminine and in your observation of leaders. Totally, you know. I'll give you an example of one of, um, you know, I have a very powerful leader um, that I've coached and worked with for over a couple of years who was, you know, very high level CEO, had been in, you know, heads of billion dollar companies and so forth and highly masculine, yet at her core was deeply feminine, <laughs> yet had built up this achievement, go get it, be strong, be stronger than the men around in a, in a extremely masculine world of, of, you know, high stakes business and uh, large, big, huge sums of movement, right? So she had mastered this art, probably better than most men I know, of moving the masculine energy in huge sweeps with huge companies and organizations. But her soul was thirsty. Her soul was lacking a deeper metaphysical reality, a true, a place where it, she wasn't just getting the accolades from outside. She was wanting to feel total joy and just spaciousness in her soul, in her heart, in her body, body, right? Because when you're in a very masculine world, even your body starts to contract and becomes very rigid and stiff. And even you move stiff and sounds stiff. You can't tell when you're in it because you become, you become it, right? You can't tell you're in it, you become it. So Suzanne and I, my wife, Suzanne and I, we took her really through some very powerful de-armoring destructuring of these shells, big thick shells and plates and armor of masculine go do it. And underneath um, those shells was this profoundly deep and wide and expansive feminine heart. And when that started to shine in her life, her relationship went through the roof. The man in her life um, stepped up and really claimed her at a whole new level, you know, and their businesses are taking off at a whole other level. Like we're like profound. We're talking 10, uh, 10 figure businesses and, and expanding deeply. And her number one thing that she has to deal with now is what to do with her free time. That's amazing. Her you know, free time, right? Like think about that. I know. Right. And, and making and, and up there, you know, and making and 10- not filling it and not filling it with more doing, but filling it with the beingness and the joy of her life. Yeah. Oh, exactly. 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 I love that you use the word like space. You're using so many beautiful words here, like replenish and thirsty and, and spaciousness. Yeah. Like I just, I almost like, as you were talking, I just took like a deeper sort of breath into my, into my chest. It's, it's sort of like this, yes, this profound truth. And one of the things I I noticed when I was in my clinical practice um, so for those of you that are listening that don't know the background, I, I'm a trained homeopathic doctor and holistic nutritionist, and I did all kinds of mind-body medicine things. And I would always notice the energy and the mindset of the women coming in, because I, I predominantly specialized you know, in allergies and sensitivities, but in women's issues. And it, it never ceased to amaze me, and this is 
you know, part of my love of mind body medicine, just seeing the manifestation in the body, you know, of illness or dysfunction or dis-ease and correlating it to their way of being in the world. And more so this beautiful word, this lack of spaciousness, you know, and not listening to that craving in their soul of, of wanting more like that fulfillment. Yeah. It was, it was crazy for me to notice it. And it's, it's what happens. It manifests as illness in our body. Yeah. So I want to, you know, we're, we're talking about these polarities and, and also for the people listening, you know, when we talk about, you know, or you hear Satyan saying masculine and feminine, it's really the energetic quality. It's like not gender specific or even, you know, related to sexual orientation. It's an energy that we're talking about. And having said that, I, I want to talk about sex and talk about relationships. I know you and your wife, Suzanne, do these amazing intimacy workshops. And this thing that we talked about in terms of women in leadership and falling too far in their masculine, this happens in relationships too, doesn't it? Totally. Yeah. Tell us about that a bit. It happens in relationships where the demand of a masculine world of success becomes so imprinted that that masculine shell of doing carries forth into the intimacy dimension, and then you, one's feminine true heart becomes crushed and dried out by excessive use of this directive energy. Um, it hasn't had its counter, which is replenishment and, and, and spaciousness and nature and self-love and massage and oils and scents and, and self-love and self-care and communal really communal enjoyment. That's another huge part of feminine replenishment is communal enjoyment, getting together with family, with other feminine people, with other people, celebrating, cooking together, massaging together, things that are not designed to help you go anywhere. Quite the opposite. It's the enjoyment of just being together for being together's sake. Yeah. It's the being. It's like, it's, I, I always tell people like I, I, you know, be more, do less, right? It's just the art of being. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I, I feel that that's such a valuable piece right now for all of us, but especially for women uh, and especially for leaders, because quite frankly, the new generation is always tends to model uh, the success that they see in the previous generation. And if we show the next generation that the only way to have more success and happiness is by continuously pushing our limits, our barriers, crushing it, making a killing. You know, that's all I see on the Internet. I crushed it, crushed this, how to crush that. And I'm like, well, if you keep aiming to try to crush things, crush it in business, you will be crushed. Mm. It's everything, violent, even the word itself. <laughs> everything is everything is a mirror reality for a warrior sage. Um, the crushing that you do to push to extreme yourself out, to make it to the edge. There are other ways. The ones who've made it by crushing it, just take a look at their life behind the scenes a few weeks, a month from now, the paleness in their faces, the exhaustion, the the novel that will come out later of what was really happening behind the scenes. The mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's interesting when you – we, we talk about the language we use and the power it has and the energy behind it. And, and going back to, I, I was remembering as you were talking, going back to the relationship thing, I, I remembered a, a while ago listening to one of David Data's teachings. I can't remember which one it was, but he was talking about, you know, kind of like shaking, shaking off and switching gears for a woman 
who's been in like doer achiever mode all day. And I, it brought me back when you were talking to my, my last relationship where, you know, we would be in very open conversations about this masculine and feminine energy. And, you know, there was a couple of times where I, you know, we sat down, had a conversation and it was, you, you got to shut that off. Like it, 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 you need to have some transition because I was going straight from like talking to clients, being online, doing stuff or like numbers or whatever. And then I was going straight into, you know, trying to be present with my partner and it just, it wasn't working for him. It wasn't even working for me. I, I, I almost felt like not great in that moment. And I found that I had to start having these practices of like, you know, switching my energy and, and like, you know, either showering it off or doing a quick meditation or doing something to get back into my feminine energy. And I wonder if you can share some warrior sage tips for the women listening who are achievers, who are leaders, how can they flip into that, especially when they're coming home to their partner who might be more in the masculine energy? Well, you know, my wife, Suzanne's the expert on this. So I'll, <laughs> I'll share with you what she does, okay? Awesome. All right? So what she does is... We'll have to have her on, part two. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. What she does is she actually she actually separates from me. Like if I come home or she comes home and we're coming in, you know, we've both been putting out some really strong energy throughout the day or whatever, we've been in meetings or whatever, guiding, coaching. We'll actually separate. She'll take off. She'll go somewhere. She'll go to the spa. She'll go for a walk in nature. Uh, she loves massage. Or she loves it. So she'll go for body work. She'll go for a lot of it. Not, and before she didn't invest in self-love a lot. But when she started doing this, oh, my goodness. When she comes back home, she's sparkling, shiny. And, and then there's this beautiful uh, energy between us because we've had this time of what we call polarity time where we – where we remove ourselves from each other's company just to get the spice going, not just as a breather, but I'll do what I need to do to have my replenishment. But so she'll go for massage, body work, she'll do yoga. Really what makes her get back into her body and feel good about herself and, and feel she honors her body. And she also will honor the sacred. So she'll spend time with an altar. Sometimes she'll do a dance and do sacred dance in front of a an altar that means something to her. So she doesn't have a set and it's not like A, B, C, D, which is very masculine. It's really trusting her bodily wisdom to replenish her. And every time it includes something physical and emotional and spiritual for herself. You know what? I'm actually really happy to hear it from your perspective because a, a lot of women, you know, when giving that uh, coaching or advice about becoming more embodied, right? Listening to your body, like dancing or moving or yoga or something, or even the self-care piece. I like that I'm hearing it from your end because a lot of women, they almost feel selfish to do that. But hearing it from your perspective, you're receiving from that, aren't you? When your wife takes that time, who she comes back as oh, is more- God, I love it. I encourage it. Right? What, I, <laughs> I, what I do now is like when she's not doing it or she forgets I'm saying, hey, honey, go for a massage. Hey, I, I even try to set her up so she has our, her polarity time. And she'll do the same too when she feels that we're going from lovers to like buddies. When that bit, you know, there's a bit of, and then when I go from buddy to like sort of neutral with her, just another guy, she knows, you know what? I need to get out of here, have some, uh, mm. uh, or you need to get out of here, go. You know, I train martial arts. So she'll say, go, go, go hang out with your guys. Or I'll go for guy time with my, you know, just hang out with, uh, friends like that, or she'll go hang out with some girlfriends. And then 
when we come back, there's this revitalization of our spark for each other because we've both had this uh, healthy space for a few hours, you know? Yeah, I, I love that. And you're and you're using a great word there that I, I wish you could elaborate on just a little bit. Polarity, right? The power. Talk to us about the power of polarity in relationship. Well, you know, if you take two magnets, right, North Pole and South Pole, and you hold two magnets together, you let them stick and attract to each other. If you just keep them in the corner of your room, after a while, the magnetism between them will start to diminish. That's just magnetism 101 because of their proximity is right next together. <laughs> and that's what a lot of couples don't realize is that if you're too much in proximity with your loved one, you'll go from the passion will diminish. You may still love each other, heart connection. You're feeling a oneness and loyalty. But that sizzle, the sexual sizzle, the romanticism, you know, the, the spark that keeps you alive, that can that can diminish. So it's so vital to treat relationships almost like in physics. Don't personalize it so much. If your partner wants to have more time, uh, they want to have like, hey, like for example, Suzanne and I, we have two separate beds. She has her, her own room. I've got a very small Zen-like futon in another small room. And three, I'd say half the nights, I'm in my room and she's in her beautifully decorated, vivacious, feminine room. And I'm in my much more stark and simple futon on the floor masculine room but that gives us the time that we just need so that when we come together it's like hey lover rather than hey buddy you know? yeah oh my god I'm so happy that you've touched on this because one of my 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 biggest fascinations and you know it's it's what I'm you know working towards is this is this new paradigm of relationship really because you know, gone are the days where you're you're glued at the hip all the time because you do. I love that you said that piece about polarity that a magnet, you know, that'll demagnetize to with what did you say being together too much, and this is it's a it's it's a new paradigm of relationship where it's you are allowed to embody and not just allowed but but encouraged to uh, to embody your own energy and your own being and your own sense of self and and you're not. You know, I mentioned before part of my my past history with which a lot of women do this is like lose themselves in the relationship. Um, I I absolutely love that you guys have that practice of the different rooms because it's it is a an, a just shift in. There's a lot of people probably listening that are thinking, "What? Like another bedroom for my husband?" And I'm thinking, "Yes, <laughs> another bedroom. That's awesome." <laughs> um, but it is it's a different paradigm, and I I'm so excited that we're talking about this. And in terms of polarity too, like just for people that are listening, like the, the masculine is a polarity and the feminine is a polarity, right? Feminine. Yeah. Like if you're two masculines in the same room, you're going to depolarize each other in the same way. If you take two North poles on a magnet, you're going to push each other apart. So for example, uh, if I'm the ravisher and my wife's the ravisher all the time, then no one's going to get ravished. If I'm always ravishing and taking my wife in a strong masculine way in lovemaking, I love that. She loves that. But hey, I also love when she goes on the aggressive and goes on the hunt and, and you know, takes me in a lovingly ravishing, you know, and ravishes me. So it's like not being stuck in male roles or female roles not being stuck in any of it. It's really about learning to expand your art of going between masculine and feminine, um, no matter who you are, no matter what sexual preference you have, uh, no matter if you're male or female, getting really good at the playing the scales. And then when you play them, it, it becomes more magical, more artful, more, uh, more sexy. You're not 
just doing the same thing over and over again, you know, in a small bandwidth of, of music. Yeah, it's a, it's a dance, right? It's a dance and it's, and there's a big, the word that keeps coming to me is this allowing, right? Allowing. Exactly. Yeah. Allowing and evoking. Mm, tell us about that. Well, when I'm presence, when I'm giving more presence to my goddess, right, Suzanne, then she naturally wants to have and offers me more invitation, invitational, seductive energy. But if I'm not present, she doesn't want to offer me her invitation, right? And sometimes I'm not present, but because we love each other, she offers me her invitation, which then lures and draws me into greater presence. So we can evoke presence and invitation out of each other, or we can wait until our partner's perfect and demonstrating it before we give them a part of our energy. That's old... That's like codependent relating, you know? That's like you give me and then I'll give you and then it's a game. But in an evolutionary, passionate relationship, it's like how can I be first to be more present? How can I be first to be more inviting? Um, the same goes with with uh, claim, you know? Claim the claim energy. You're mine. I love you. We're going this direction together. You know, if I don't have that claim in relationship with my with with Suzanne, it's like, yeah, whatever, love. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> There's no claim there. That's sort of wishy-washy. Yeah, right? that's so not sexy, Satyan. <laughs> right. But when I say, hey, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, let's go for that. Let's yeah, let's do Italian. <laughs> you know, let's you know. Yeah, let us deepen our relationship this way. Yeah, let's make this happen. Like it's like, yeah, I stand for that. I stand for us. I stand for our relationship. That's a claim, and that's so sexy, and that evokes in the feminine within us surrender. Mm. It feels safe, right? Exactly. I I always say the three sexiest words that any woman can hear from a man, or at least for me, is "I got this." Exactly. That's claim, and the surrender is ah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I honor that. Thanks for taking that up. It doesn't matter who's the man and who's the woman who does it. It's being able to play both of those energies of claim and surrender. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about that of because of, this is great of having, you know, not just role specific. So playing with that. So how does that look like in your relationship? The When I can see how it would look like for you as the masculine to claim, how would it look like in in... Suzanne doing that and then what's Same your reaction thing. me walking in the room from being uh, a busy day and and whatever and she's seeing that maybe I could use a big hug or maybe I could use some full-on love making and so she just grabs me and surprises me tosses me down or puts me up against the wall or says hey let's go in the sauna like it's like invoking it's like you're mine I'm gonna I'm she's feeling what would open me greater than what would just open herself. Mm, oh my God, I love that. That is so good. Yeah. And I, I love I, I love being taken strongly um, in, in erotic ways, but I also love taking my lady in erotic ways strongly. And I do more of that by nature, by my inner disposition being more masculine. She does more of the surrender and enjoys being taken and, and ravished more. But that doesn't mean that we're fixed in those roles. And so it's fun to play them all. And then if it's and then unstuck yourself. If you're always the ravisher, let your woman take you or let your man take you. If you're always the one surrendering and being gentle, once in a while you try grabbing your partner in, in a in an erotic, surprising, wild, crazy way and surprise the heck out of them. <laughs> Do things that you would have never done before. So it's playing it's going beyond the comfort zones 
beyond the safe zones only if you have a safe partner. None of this, you can't do any of this if you don't have a safe relationship with mutual love and respect and, and wholeness. So I'm only speaking to those who have that as a ground base, okay? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This is so great because I, I, you know, and I can, we can take this and, and sort of stretch this into all areas of, you know, the dance of life. And even for women that are, like we talked about before, in leadership or in business, like where could you invite more of your feminine essence? Where could you create more spaciousness and, and that amazing word replenishment? I love that. Is there one thing or two things that you could maybe leave the audience with that whether it's a tip or a tool or some practical piece of, of advice to create more of this uh, spaciousness within them and, to, and, and maybe even within their relationships, see things start to shift and change. What's the one or two things you might leave us Can with? I get a little risque? Yeah, go for it. This is like, uh, this is not PG rated. Oh, <laughs> literally, um, have a girlfriend or yourself go with you to a lingerie store, find perhaps your girlfriend, have her choose lingerie that you would wear underneath your daily clothes, your work clothes, business attire, that you most likely wouldn't wear yourself. You wouldn't choose yourself perhaps outside of your color zone, your comfort zone. Have a girlfriend choose it and give them the assignment of, I want you to pick something that's going to sizzle me, shake me up a little, shift my energy, help awaken my femininity a little bit more. Because if you choose it yourself, you'll tend to choose things within your default uh, comfort zones, right? Same Maybe a little same. risque, but that's why it's good to have a girlfriend who's who can be playful with you, choose for you. Or you can even give her the assignment, tell her your size and she brings something. And you must wear it um, underneath your, let's say, business attire. Now, in the morning when you're putting it on, go through a ritual of finding sensual, sexual, erotic music that allows you to feel good enough and, and self-loving enough to self-love yourself, to self-pleasure yourself while you're putting on or seeing yourself dance in this lingerie. And then with that energy of self-love, self-pleasure, wearing that, then put on your business clothing and attire with a little wink that you give yourself in the mirror because no one else knows you've got this going on underneath. I love it. <laughs> and so you're carrying that sensual, erotic, playful tigress underneath your everyday uh, uh, secret role, you know, like, by day, this type of woman. Underneath, I'm a lot more and you don't know, but I know. That's the vibe you want to go into it with, okay? Oh my God, I love that. That's like, there's a, I forget what song it is, but there's a, a song where, and I love it because it's just great. It's a lady, a lady in the streets, but a freak in the bed. That's what that made me think of. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my, that exactly. is such a great tip and because women don't realize how, where their real power is or they're, or they're such a big source of their power is in that like embodiment of their sexuality. I love that. Exactly. And I'm going to add one piece yeah. that's going to bring it to the most sacred dimension. And that's during this self-pleasure ritual where you're dressing yourself in some erotic, sensual way, honoring the feminine within yourself in a way that's slightly outside or uh, what you're, what's usual, but doing it anyways, breathing through it, giggling through it, smiling through it, feeling any shame that arises through it and doing it anyways, 
That's where the self-love transforms. I love myself. Even though I'm feeling this way, even though I'm feeling shy, I love and I accept and I adore and I self-pleasure myself anyway. Do it in devotion. Do all of this. Have someone, something, whether it's your own heart, your own joy, your family's joy, a, a mission that's greater than yourself. Do this in the spirit of devotion to the spirit that lives us all. Oh, I love that. I love that. I'm going to go lingerie shopping as soon as we're done. Now I want some new stuff. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. Satyan, thank you so much for your your time and your energy and your your contribution. I could feel your passion for what you do coming through, you know, everything that you say and everything that you teach. And where can uh, people find out more about Warrior Sage and, and this, the workshops that you and Suzanne do? Where can they find out more? Well, we have a private invitation list at warriorsage.com. So if you're moved or you're touched by the resonance of what I'm sharing, you can get on that private invitation list. And I don't have too much that I put out on that list. Once in a while, I'll put out sharings and teachings and these type of interviews. And then I'll be putting out invitations to very intimate gatherings that I hold. And if this inspires you, please just put your name on there at warriorsage.com. I love that. Thank you. Thank you again for your time. Um, I would, I would love to have you back on, even have you and, and Suzanne on or just Suzanne. So we'll have to, we'll have to figure out like a part two or, or a, a continuation for get the female or the feminine side from, from Suzanne. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you again, Satyan. God bless. And thanks for joining us. Tune in next time when we're going to have another amazing show and another amazing guest. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep rising everyone for books and resources related to today's episode make sure you head over to sherisespodcast.com and i'll see you there if you've enjoyed today's episode make sure you tune back in next week when i dive into more juicy topics to help make your life the best it can be and hey if you've enjoyed listening to the show and you love it head on over to itunes and leave me a rate and review and subscribe there to the show 